Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. The Handmaid's Tale. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Best Series, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, where we talk about the Emmys over here. Because in a week's time, the 70th annual Emmy Awards are being held. The Creative Arts Emmy Awards were held this weekend, and we're going to talk about which TV shows won those awards, and we're going to give you our predictions for the big show. To help me do this over here, you guys know who I am. I'm Matt Neglia, but I've also got Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And Ryan C. Showers. Terry Russell for the win. Woo! Yeah! Let's make it happen! <laughs> I am not predicting her. No. Me either. <laughs> even though she, even though, even though Kara Russell won the um, TCA award for outstanding performance, um, outstanding achievement in um, drama um, a few weeks ago. She won over Elizabeth Moss and over Sandro and over Matthew Reese. I'm like, I was over the mood. Like, it was the best thing ever. Well, we'll definitely have plenty more to say on that when we do get to the best actress category. However, we have a lot, a lot of categories to cover here for the show. We want to give our predictions for what we think might win. I want to also, though, just start us off with the Creative Arts Emmy Awards, which were held over the weekend. Uh, walking away from that evening, Game of Thrones and Saturday Night Live both walked away with seven wins each. Not really a surprise there. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, five wins. Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert, five wins. And produced some EGOT winners, too. Three EGOT winners. We have John Legend, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Tim Rice. I mean, like, Tim Rice, uh, you know, that 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 that's awesome. Andrew Lloyd Webber is fantastic. And John Legend, we, we were saying, what, around La La Land, uh, around that time? That it was probably going to happen sooner or later for him. And it happened like a year and a half later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also, speaking of La La Land, Pasek and Paul, who wrote the music for that in The Greatest Showman, Dear Evan Hansen, they were up for Emmys too, which, and if, had they won, they, they would have been EGOTs. They lost, but, mm. you know, I'm sure they will get it in the very near future. So following that, with four wins, the assassination of Gianni Versace, RuPaul's Drag Race, and then a lot of shows got three wins. Atlanta... The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Queer Eye, USS Callister, which is Black Mirror, Westworld, and then a few shows got two wins. We had Glow, Genius Picasso, Jane, United Shades of America, Will and Grace, James Corden's next James Corden. So, I mean, overall, I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary. You know what I have to say about all that? Hmm. Maseltov. Yeah, Maseltov? That's your new... Maseltov. <laughs> That's the Not expression, huh? Maseltov. <laughs> Maseltov. Well, I, I, you know, there's a couple of different things, I think, to, to pick pick out of this, okay? I always look towards casting as one of the big awards here, as kind of like a prelude to tell me what I think might end up happening with, like, Best Drama Series, for example. And also, too, you got to look at editing. I think editing is also extremely important. Um, so in like editing, for example, The Handmaid's Tale, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Black Mirror, Will and Grace, uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, Queer Eye, United Shades of America all walked away with editing wins. And then, like I said, when it comes down to uh, the cast, we ended up having The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Crown, 
The Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, and Queer Eye. So, I don't know about you guys, but like, did you do you guys take the Crown winning casting as almost like, hey, you were all leaving the show. Here's an award to represent all of you, sort of thing. You know, possible. That, that's certainly a possible situation, but <sighs> I don't. I have to be perfectly honest. There are so many Emmy categories that, aside from like the guest categories and a few of the other highlights from. The creative arts, I don't pay attention to every single category they have to offer. Oh, see, I read into it a little bit too much sometimes. And, you know, that's going to influence, I think, some of my picks here. But to your point, though, the guest categories, um, Ryan, huge, 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 huge outstanding achievement there uh, with the guest categories this year. Tell everyone why. Well, all four um, acting winners for um, comedy guest actor and guest actress and drama guest actor and guest actress uh, were all African-American um, actors. This is the first time this has ever happened. Yes. Yeah. How, how proud am I to be talking about the Emmys when something like that happens? Seriously. I mean, it, it's pretty clear, I think, that the Emmys have also always been a little bit more um, forward thinking and progressive than, say, the Oscars. Not to downplay what we do over at Next Best Picture by any means, but, you know, you see the Emmys kind of getting there first, I feel like, a lot of the times. Absolutely. Yeah. The Emmys, and for a while, because they had, um, because the acting winners were judged specifically on the tapes, well, and I guess all of the categories were judged on the tapes to a certain extent, um, that provided more of a meritocracy for the, for more progressive winners because, like, the people who were actually the best were winning, for instance. So, I, I think it's very interesting because, like, for example, Ron Cephas Jones wins for This Is Us, where last year Gerald McRaney ended up winning for This Is Us. Uh, one of the few major wins that, that show received last year, along, of course, with Sterling K. Brown, who's nominated in the lead actor category. I think Ron Cephas Jones won with only a few seconds of screen time this year. So that seems to me like a makeup win for not giving him supporting actor last year. It's possible. I mean, Gerald McRaney was definitely the heavy favorite last year. And Gold Derby, I know, helped a lot with his campaign since he had been around for a while and never won an Emmy before. Mm -hmm. And then this year, um, Samara Wiley uh, wins guest actress in a drama series for The Handmaid's Tale. I think that says something about The Handmaid's Tale's strength, um, to be honest. Yeah, we knew how strong it was, but the fact that it's winning that, you know... It's just a sign that it's going to be a huge, huge contender come this Sunday. Or well, let's also Monday. remind people, too, that Alexis Bledel won Guest Actress in a Drama Series last year for The Handmaid's Tale. And now she's right. supporting. And this year, they've got, what, like three times the amount of acting nominations compared to what they had last year? Yep. Yes, but listen, I, the, I, there's a big difference, though. Last year, Alexis Bledel's performance was... Uh, it was just out, absolutely outstanding. Some of the best guest acting work I've ever seen. And she won for a, a silent episode. She didn't have, have any lines in the episode she submitted. Um, but her performance with her eyes was so extremely powerful. What happens to her character in that episode? Rory Gilmore no more. Exactly. And I mean, for as Michael and I are huge Gilmore Girls fans, and as a Gilmore Girls fan, it was great to see her perform as well as she did, and be rewarded for it. My point, though, is I don't think Samira Wiley gave the performance that Alexis Bledel gave last year to win this category. So I think that also says, says something about The Handmaid's Tale this year. Um, it's, I, don't, I think we're going to see an abundance of um, wins for it, and it's more of a, a name check. Mm -hmm. than it was last year and last year i feel like it really earned its awards this year i think it's just going to be 
um, check, check, check. Mm. And there's nothing anybody can do about it, even though season two was kind of abysmal. Kind of like actually um, in, in sort of a sort of similar way, season six of Game of Thrones compared to the previous year over season five. I mean, you ask a lot of people, not many people will say that outside of maybe directing um, that Game of Thrones maybe deserved like things like writing, for example, last year. But check, check, check to your point. And so this year now we have those two shows, Handmaid's Tale winning last year, Game of Thrones winning the previous two years, kind of going head to head now. And granted, Game of Thrones is this huge show with amazing production value. So it makes sense that it would clean up here at the Creative Arts Emmy Awards winning seven. Um, I do want to also just point out before we move over to the main categories, Cat Williams uh, won Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series for Alligator Man, which is an episode that Donald Glover is nominated for in the writing category. So you know that they've seen the episode, and that could also mean something for later on as well. And of course, Tiffany Haddish, who's having a phenomenal year for herself, for her entire career, uh, winning for Saturday Night, for hosting Saturday Night Live. That was my favorite one of all. Like, you know, Tiffany Haddish, she just makes me happy. Um, everything she does, like I just smile and, um, you know, her, her win at the New York's, uh, the New York film critic circle did not make me smile, but I, she as a performer, as a comedian does. So I am so happy for her. Yeah. I do like Tiffany Haddish, uh, contrary to what a few haters on the internet might think. Yes, Michael. <laughs> uh, I was predicting Jane Lynch to win here just because she had such a juicy role on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I had her as the prediction and then. Tina Fey as the runner-up. But, you know, Tiffany Haddish is on such a hot streak ever since starring in Girls Trip, and it seems like she's in 52 movies now. Like, every time I go to the movie theater, there's always a trailer for something she's in. Or sometimes several trailers for, you know, back-to-back of Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish. Like, So, yeah, she's hot right now. She could call herself an Emmy winner, and good for her. All right, well... Let's move over now to the main show. We have quite a few categories to go through with our predictions. Uh, let's first start off with Variety Special in writing. So, looking at the nominees in this category, we have Full Frontal with Samantha B, The Great American Puerto Rico, John Mulaney, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City, Michelle Wolf, Nice Lady, Patton Oswald, Annihilation, Steve Martin and Martin Short, An Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life. Let's start off with Ryan. I have um, Full Frontal. Okay. Michael? Agreed. And it was a really great episode of that show. And I have to agree as well. Boom. Yeah. What she did, just going to Puerto Rico, talking about all the havoc that happened there and this disgusting reaction from the federal government that they wouldn't help. It was just absolutely horrible. It's back in the news again today. Trump saying he did a great job. You know, for her to show all the devastation that went on there, while also making it a fun and entertaining hour of television. You know, she walked a tricky line and really worked well. Yeah. Let's move over to directing for a variety special. Nominees are Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry before Seinfeld, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, an evening you will forget for the rest of your life. The Super Bowl halftime show starring Justin Timberlake and the Oscars. Well, it's very appropriate that this is the next best picture because I think the Oscars are going to win. I do too. You know, the Oscars uh, tend to win this category often. So, yeah, I see no reason why not, right? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that the Tonys are usually nominated here. But since the Emmy have a May cutoff, they're looking for things that 
premiered like June 1st, 2017 to May 31st, 2018. And the Tony show that would have been eligible was the one hosted by Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, that's so right. that's why you don't see it here. Mm, a good call out there. So Oscars will prevail. So now Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. Nominees. At Home with Amy Sedaris. Drunk History. I Love You, America with Sarah Silverman. Portlandia. Saturday Night Live. Tracy Ullman's Show. Well, come on. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. If Saturday Night Live had like a really weak season, I could see where they would give it to Portlandia for its final year, but SNL is on fire still. Yeah, there's no there's no stopping them. Uh, Variety Talk series. We're going to just move right along here. Uh, the nominees are The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I think Jimmy Kimmel deserves it because I think he has like the best show or talk show on television right now. And I believe John Oliver's new John Stewart. <laughs> yeah, I agree. John Oliver will take it again. John Oliver. Okay. Moving away from that now, we have reality competition program. Nominees are The Amazing Race, American Ninja Warrior, Project Runaway, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. I can I can I go? <laughs> sure. I RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, this is this is its tenth season. There was a big hoopla about it. Um, it turning, you know, this being, you know, the X. And um, I think that this is, you know, RuPaul has won three years in a row. I think it's taken a while, but I really think this is the year that RuPaul's Drag Race will finally win the Emmy. Okay, Michael. <laughs> you know, since Ryan's on the show and he's such a super fan, I'm going to do something special for him. I think it comes from this show where they go, Yas Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Michael. Let's hear it. So, yes. <laughs> you here, I thought you were going to say it like they do in blockers. Yas Queen. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting a RuPaul drag, you know, you know, overemphasized Yes Queen. But okay. Yeah, so that's not going to happen, but I am predicting Ru for the win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Outstanding writing for a limited series, movie, or dramatic special. Nominees are American Vandal, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. I, I, I always pr- mispronounce that. <laughs> the Assassination of Gianni <laughs> American Crime Story. Black Mirror, USS Callister. Godless, Patrick Melrose, and Twin Peaks. So this is for writing. I think... Even though Assassination of Gianni Versace seems to be on quite a roll, and even though my heart is with Twin Peaks, I know Twin Peaks doesn't stand a chance, and I think Black Mirror is still something that is seen as a writerly show in many ways. So I'm going to pick that, even though the USS Callister episode wasn't as... um, I I mean, like it's pretty acclaimed, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's the... uh, San, San Junipero uh, episode, you know, in terms of its, you know, comparing the, the acclaim of both of both of those. Yeah, of the competition here, I think it does win. Me too. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, this, this year is a lot weaker than last year when it came to um, miniseries and movies. So yeah. We can't expect, like, Big Little Lies and San Junipero and Feud. Right. We just have to work with what we're given. Well, 
I can say if, you know, HBO would have had their shit together and submitted and, you know, put sharp objects on in May and June, you know, I think sharp objects will be cleaning up. Outstanding directing for a limited series, movie or dramatic special. We have Ryan Murphy for the assassination of Gianni Versace. Scott Frank for Godless. David Levu for Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert. Oh, and also shared with Alex Rudzinski. Craig Zisk for Volooming Tower, Barry Levinson for Paterno, Edward Berger for Patrick Melrose, and David Lynch for Twin Peaks. I'm going to go against the grain here and predict Jesus Christ Superstar because of the level of difficulty involved with that production. Why am I the only one that's going to stick his neck out for David Lynch? (laughs) Because you're a David Lynch fan. Well, it's not only that, but I I feel like other than Ryan Murphy, he's like a huge figure here. You know what I mean? Amongst the nominees. That his show couldn't even get nominated for outstanding miniseries. I know, I know. That's a good point. And he put his foot in his mouth earlier this year. So... (sighs) All right. Well, if that's the case, then uh, I'll default to Ryan Murphy for the assassination of Gianni Versace then. Me too. I'm with... I'm Versace. Okay. All right. Two Versace, one Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so now we have, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking like one for you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Um, outstanding supporting actor in a limited series or movie. Jeff Daniels for Godless. Brandon Victor Dixon for Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert. John Leguizamo for Wacko. Ricky Martin for The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Edgar Ramirez for The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Michael Stuhlbarg for The Looming Tower. And Finn Whitrock for the assassination of Gianni Versace. So it looks like it's going to go to Jeff Daniels here for Godless. He's also nominated in lead actor for a mini movie. Uh, Godless got a lot of love. He apparently has this great baby supporting role. Weren't we all talking about, though, on like the previous episode, how Brendan Victor Dixon was a force here and that that could be like a thing? He was, and I think he could still take it. But, you know, Jeff Daniels has two nominations. And again, he's the man who beat Brian Cranston in second to last season of Breaking Bad. That is true. That is true. <sighs> they love some Jeff Daniels. Yeah, I'm going with Jeff. Okay, I'll, I'll default to Jeff, too. But I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't feel good about it. It could very easily be Brendan Victor Dixon. Yeah. He sings Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, I mean, that, that role of, as Judas in that show is fantastic for any actor. I didn't think I was going to like that special or that uh, live musical until I watched it. And boy, was he great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of of these six or, uh, you know, I'm voting or I'm rooting for him, but I think it's going to be Jeff Daniels. Okay. Outstanding supporting actress in the limited series or movie. Sarah Bareilles in Jesus Christ Superstar. Penelope Cruz in the assassination of Gianni Versace. Judith Light in the assassination of Gianni Versace. Adina Porter, American Horror Story Cult. Merritt Weaver in Godless. And Letita, Let, Letitia Wright for Black Mirror. So I think it's going to be Judith Light. Yeah. Who has seemed to have a career resurgence ever since Transparent. She is so great in her, I guess it's like one and a half episodes of American Crime Story. But the main episode, I think it's episode three or four, that focuses just on her. She is absolutely riveting. And I think I quit the show not long after that because 
it wasn't going to be more interesting than her character. So I really hope she takes it. As much as I would love to see Penelope Cruz win, um, because I love Penelope Cruz, um, I'm going to predict Judith Light, too. I'm going to predict Judith Light. Oh, I hate to be boring. Well, this like, I'm sorry, but mini movie is boring this year. It is just boring. That is true. That is true. Well, let's continue with the boringness then, shall we? Uh, we have now outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. Antonio Banderas for Genius Picasso. Darren Chris for The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Benedict Cumberbatch for Patrick Melrose. Jeff Daniels for The Looming Tower. John Legend for Jesus Christ Superstar. And Jesse Plemons for Black Mirror USS Callister. So Darren Chris and Benedict Cumberbatch are probably going to duke it out for the top spot. Yeah, but Benedict Cumberbatch is a previous winner for another show, and Darren. I mean, I don't know. I, I always this this is this is what I always fall into a dilemma with with the Emmys. It, like the Emmys love certain actors, and they will constantly keep awarding them Emmys, no matter what they do. It seems like in some instances. But I am the type of person that is a spread the wealth type of type of guy. So I look at Darren Chris and I say to myself. You know, he gave one of the best performances on television this year. Uh, I'm going to default to him over Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm going to say Darren. I could also see a world where Darren and Benedict split the vote and John Legend gets another one. Uh, I mean, I could see it. You're right. You, you make a good point there. Um, once again, though, spread the wealth. I, I like, And I, I, like I said, that clouds my judgment a lot when it comes to predicting the Emmys. But I, I always stick to it personally so you know john legend already got his emmy you know so he's good i know that's not how they vote and i know that it's not like voting happened between uh this previous weekend and you know when the show airs but whatever what do you think ryan i am darren chris okay so we all we all think it will be darren chris yeah but it's it's not a lock is what we're all basically not a runaway winner yeah Okay, so now we're going to move over to Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. We have Jessica Biel for The Sinner, Laura Dern for The Tale, Michelle Dockery for Godless, Edie Falco for Law & Order True Crime, Regina King for Seven Seconds, Sarah Paulson for American Horror Story Cult. So speaking of Sarah Paulson really quickly, I don't watch American Horror Story regularly, but I wanted to see last season since it had to do with the election apparently. And it was actually a really good season, but she gave a truly incredible performance, and I'm glad to see her rewarded with the nomination. However, I don't think she'll be winning. I think it's going to go to Laura Dern for The Tale, who's equally incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, The Tale didn't get the, the kind of reception that I thought it was going to get from the Emmys, but I have held the belief since I saw The Tale at Sundance, and I heard that HBO was picking it up, that she was going to run away with this category, and I am sticking to that. Although, watch out for... Watch out for Jessica Biel, the sinner. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I, I I think it's going to be Laura Dern, and I've I haven't seen the tale, um, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Um, I think she's going to win, but if anybody gives her a run for the, her money, it will be Jessica Biel. Yeah, and if Seven Seconds hadn't been canceled, well, it's really interesting. If Seven Seconds hadn't been canceled, it would have been in the drama series category. But since it was canceled, they say, oh, we have one season. Yeah, it's a mini series. Don't you love when that happens? If there had been more love around it, I could see love or support for Regina King, who won twice yeah. for American Crime, but not this year. She'll get Oscar love this year instead. Yeah. Outstanding limited series. The Alienist, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Genius, Picasso, Godless, and Patrick Melrose. 
Versace. I was going to say, it's pretty clear, I think, it's going to be Versace. What are you talking about? Godless is going to win. Whoa, whoa, I'm joking. whoa. It's, it's Versace. It's Versace. I was just trying to like... Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? I was trying to wake everybody up a little bit. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, no, no kidding. My eyes just like went bloodshot when you said that. People do like Godless, though. Like, I don't think it's going to win, but, you know, people do like that show. Yeah. Okay, let's move over to drama writing. Nominees are... The Americans, The Crown, Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, and Stranger Things. So, I know, Ryan, I know where you're going already before we even say it. <laughs> if it doesn't win drama series or Carrie Russell, this is the most likely place where the Americans could pick up a win to honor the show on its way out, right? Absolutely. The writing in... Uh, okay, so The Americans has been critically hailed as one of the greatest shows of all time. I mean, it yes. is just repeatedly, you know, it just scores, you know, with the critics. And I am one of those people that it also scores with. I love this show. It is one. It is literally my second favorite show of all time after The Good Wife. And it... I think that there, everybody knows this. It has this reputation, and they haven't gone above and beyond to reward the show um, over the over the run. They got a little better towards in the second half, but they never gave it a big win like this. And if if it's, I think that this is going to be the we're sorry, but we still want to be respected by respecting the show. We'll give it this win because it's also praised primarily for its writing. And I think, and the episode is great if they're watching the episodes and it's the finale. I mean, it's, it just seems so clear and so obvious. And the only way I don't see it win is if it's just checked unless if the handmaid's tale is just getting all the checks. And I think the handmaid's tale is, but I think this is going to be the one exception where the Americans is given a little bit of love. I agree with you. I agree three. Oh yeah. Go Americans, baby. Woo. Oh, that's really exciting. Okay. Let's move over to directing for a drama series. Nominees are Stephen Daldry for The Crown, Alan Taylor for Game of Thrones, Jeremy Podeswa for Game of Thrones, Carrie Skoglin for The Handmaid's Tale, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Daniel Sackheim for Ozark, and The Duffer Brothers for Stranger Things. So... There was a time that I was predicting one of the Game of Thrones episodes to win. But my thing about that is I think they're going to cancel each other out. And The Handmaid's Tale is going to win here. The Handmaid's Tale is going to win, yeah. I hate how sure the two of you are. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be certain because I at first I was predicting Game of Thrones and probably Game. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Sorry, Matt. And I, <laughs> I actually have not seen this episode of The Handmaid's Tale, so I'm just being trying to be completely objective. At first, I did predict um, the dragon episode for um, dr- uh, of great Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but you know if they're not giving um, Handmaid's Tale writing for and they're giving it to the Americans, then they're going to give. The Handmaid's still directing. Don't you love how you like play this game with yourself? Oh, if they're not going to reward it here, I'll reward it here, and this is like a domino effect then that can affect all of your predictions essentially. Well, okay, but I'm 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 saying I'm I'm going with this theory that him, the Handmaid's Tale is going to be checked off in multiple places, and Game of Thrones doesn't have some doesn't have an a particularly special buzz um, this year. 
I, most of the, the buzz is like the buzz is fresher with the Handmaid's Tale, and oh, yeah, the well, Americans, Game of Thrones aired a year ago, so it makes perfect sense, right? And like, the Americans has that little freshness of the buzz. I mean, it just ended like literally the day before the Emmy cutoff, so you know those have they have buzz in the air. And if it, if the Americans wouldn't be in its last season, I can see the Handmaid's Tale just sweeping you know, at all the categories, writing and directing. But because the Americans isn't, that's why I have that. And then jumping ahead a little bit, just to give a little spoiler for later, I'm predicting The Handmaid's Tale to win drama series. And if it takes drama series, it's going to have to take writing or directing. And there you have it, directing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just... <sighs> I don't know. Matt, go with it. Matt, just go with it. Fine, I will. I, I think I think Jer- I think Jeremy Podeswa is going to win his first Emmy for the season finale of season seven of Game of Thrones. Next year will just be Game of Thrones love fest. Well, because you, well, because here's my thing. I think I I really believe that when people look at the production of Game of Thrones and everything that has to go into crafting an episode of that on that scale, like I don't know. I I I I, I tend to look at directing, and I think the Oscars have made me do this a lot recently with the way they reward directors now. Um, they tend to look at the flashy, the big, the technical, you know, and so I kind of see that in a similar vein now with this. Um, this is also my way of also saying that I don't believe that Game of Thrones is going to win Best Drama Series. Um, mm. But if I have to pick a win for it somewhere, uh, this is the place where I feel the most comfortable. So what are you predicting? I'm picking Jeremy Podeswa over Alan Taylor, who has an Emmy already for directing The Sopranos, which doesn't make sense maybe to some people because i know like i said no people don't vote like that but whatever <laughs> it's the emmys for goodness sakes it could go to anyone jason bateman could get up there for goodness sake you know who knows stranger things have happened at the show that's not a pun all right next category <laughs> uh, god that was a michael level joke <laughs> we have drama supporting actor Nominees are Nikolai Costa Waldo. It took me years to pronounce uh, to learn how to pronounce that for Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. Joseph Fiennes for The Handmaid's Tale. David Harbour for Stranger Things. Mandy Patinkin for Homeland, and Matt Smith for The Crown. Um, I think, and actually, that that was a nice segue, Matt, with the Stranger Things. I think it's going to be David Harbour, um, but I would love for uh, Mandy Patinkin to get some love. Um, he won't, but. I know. Um, I do have to say that after that SAG speech uh, that year with David Harper just got up on the stage and just completely like annihilated everyone with that speech. It was like so powerful and so absolutely insane. Um, I do believe that he bought himself a lot of goodwill. He's very, very interactive with uh, people online. Uh, By all accounts, he's seen as a great guy and he definitely had more material, I think, to work with in the second season much more so and really expanded his character. So for all the reasons why um, somebody should win this category, I think he's got the most. It's also an excuse to give the, uh, the show Stranger Things something somewhere. And I think this could be the, the place. Yep. Although we got to be careful because Peter Dinklage has won this category before <laughs> when we thought Jonathan Banks was going to win. You know, it's not going to be a Game of Thrones sweep. I, I know. I know. But I'm just saying watch out. Okay. So, all right, moving on from that from that category now, we now move over to Drama Supporting Actress. And the nominees are Alexis Bledel for The Handmaid's Tale, Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things, Anne Dowd for The Handmaid's Tale, Lena Headey for Game of Thrones, Vanessa Kirby for The Crown, 
Dandy Newton for Westworld, and Yvonne Stravowski for The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, so this is actually sort of competitive here. This is like the hardest freaking category. Yep. Out of the seven, let's narrow it down to four, because okay. I think that's what we're down to here. Let's say it's between uh, Vanessa Kirby, Ann Dowd, Yvonne Strahovski, and Thandie Newton. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that sound about right? That, that's, that pretty much sounds right to me, yes. Sorry, Lena Headey, you'll have to wait till the final year. So th- there's a world where the two women from The Handmaid's Tale split. But I don't think we're going to see that happen because that show is so strong. And we saw a win from The Handmaid's Tale last year. So as great as Vanessa Kirby and Thandie Newton might be, I think it's going to be either Yvonne or Anne. So I am personally going to say Yvonne because Alexis Bledel and Anne both won last year. And I know that makes no sense, like I was saying before. Um, But I also believe that Yvonne uh, had in this category, objectively, I think she has the best work uh, from this year of the actresses that are nominated. Yeah. I actually stopped watching The Handmaid's Tale early this season just because it got to be a bit too much for me. Oh, no, it's a hard show. After last season, I think Yvonne definitely should have been nominated last year because she was incredible. Mm -hmm. I understand why Anne Dowd won. She was absolutely amazing last year, too. And that role of Aunt Lydia became iconic. As much as I would like to see Yvonne win it, as like a makeup for not getting in last year, I think Andal's going to take it again just because of the Aunt Lydia popularity factor. So I'm going to like undercut both of you, and um, you know the the Crown won um, for best casting yes. over the weekend, and I am going to go with Vanessa Kirby because she her performance was truly a standout um and yes. i think voters i think the crown is a show that voters the older voters they watch and that they really like i think they will have seen the season they will have remembered her character because her character has a really big arc and um, it's with matthew good it's great <laughs> um i think she, i think she I, i'm predicting her i don't want to pick um yvonne because whatever i don't know i and you guys are probably right one of the handmaid's tale actresses is going to win um, but I just have this feeling about uh, Vanessa Kirby, and if I'm right, I want the bragging rights. And you know, I just I'm, it would probably be Ann Dowd because they like repeat winners and they like the veterans. And you know, Yvonne is more isn't as established as Down, and you know, Dowd. You know, I don't know. Um, but Ryan, uh, Vanessa Kirby is your Laurie McCaffin Ladybird. I don't think so. I'm I'm being completely objective. I, what, what really let's sold also, it for let's me? also point out that Vanessa Kirby has, and, and, and maybe this is minimal. But she has Mission Impossible Fallout working in her favor, too, which gained her a lot of notoriety outside of those who don't watch The Crown. Like, a to- I'm just saying a totally different a totally different audience is what I'm getting at here. Different demographic. I just, I don't know. I mean, they could split. I don't know. I don't really know how to read this race. I... I, if if she wins, I want to say you know I pick I picked her because of the casting, and that's 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 how great we I am. We also got to be careful too because, I, and I and I and I'm not just saying this as a fan of the show, but Lena Headey, people have been like clamoring for her to get a win now for a couple of years for this show. I mean, Game of Thrones fans have been clamoring for her to get a win. <laughs> no, no, I, I I I understand. I get what you're saying, but um, Dandy Newton also was. I don't know if you two remember this last year, but we all, I, not all of us maybe, but. I think most of us predicted Dandy Newton to win last year for the first season of Westworld. I did not. No, I did not. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, I predicted Dowd. I'm sorry. Oh, you did? I did. All right. Maybe I just made that up. Well, in any event, though, I'm just saying watch out for a Ben Mendelsohn type 
oh, sorry, we, we didn't reward you for the season that you really deserved it for. Here's the makeup win. Okay. Well, we're all split here. Yeah, we are. this is this is this fun. Is, this, is the, this is fun, exactly. And my thing is, they're going to want to record. Like, there's this narrative in the air about them wanting to reward the crown, and there's the speculation that these are. This is the last time we'll see these actors in these roles. It just, I don't know. You know what? This, I'm just trying to have some fun, and you know, well, let's break it up a little bit. Let's move over to lead actor in a drama series. We now have uh, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Ed Harris for Westworld. Matthew Reese for The Americans, Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us, and Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Okay, so this is also another tough category, but it's really down to two, I think. And I made a prediction before we started the show. I'm going to change that right now just because I don't feel so great about it. But, I mean, I, I really don't know. It's between Matthew Reese and Sterling K. Brown. But here's the problem with that, though. <sighs> If you pick Matthew Reese to win lead actor... You have to pick Gary Russell. I was going to say, how in God's name can you not... Like, it would be so, so weird if Matthew won and Gary didn't. I'm sorry. Because it's a numbers game and that's just how it works. But, 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 here's the thing. I'm going with Sterling K. Brown. Okay. Well... I, I Yeah, I think if there's going to be a repeat winner somewhere, I think that makes a lot of sense. Although, I will also say for the record, do not underestimate... Jason Bateman for Ozark. Uh, he's Ooh. had a bit of a year, and not in a good way. I understand, and I agree with you, but a directing Emmy and a lead actor Emmy for this show, despite that... That doesn't have a series nomination. But despite despite what he went through earlier this year, the fact that he got those nominations, and it was an acclaimed performance, you know, I'm, I'm still picking Sterling K. Brown, but I'm just saying watch out for watch out for that. Well, here's the thing about Matthew Reese. Okay, he was uh, if voters even watched this, uh, the, the, this season. Okay, and this is the, I guess my more of my problem with predicting him for the reasons Matt just said about um, Carrie Russell. You know, Philip Jennings was practically a supporting character this season. He he was not doing any spy work at whatsoever. Carrie Russell and Elizabeth they were they were the season. And like 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 I said earlier in the show, Carrie Russell won the um, Television Critics Association Award for um, Performer of the Year, new, gender neutral. Like it would be so weird for him to win and not her. And I just I don't. People are saying it. There's this you know. There's been kind of like this groundswell for him, and I don't get it. Um, I, he peaked earlier in this in the series back whenever the Emmys weren't even watching it before you know and she has really you know been doing the heavy lifting since they started nominating it so it just wouldn't make sense I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on him I'm going with Sterling K Brown I, I'm also gonna just play devil's advocate one more time uh, Milo Ventimiglia nah what nobody about him? nobody no you mean, you mean Jess girls what about him <laughs> jeez. You two, kill, you two kill me. Look, the man died in a crockpot fire. That's very sad, but that doesn't mean he needs an Emmy. He's also Rory Gilmore's worst boyfriend. Okay, moving on. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Ryan, I, I wonder what you're going to do here. Claire yeah. Foy for The Crown. Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. Carrie Russell for The Americans. And Evan Rachel Wood for Westworld. <laughs> okay, can I can I have the floor to kind of start with this? Uh, all right, for your Carrie Russell appreciation post, sure. No, it's not about my Carrie Russell appreciation post. Oh, even though she rocks and she gave the performance of a lifetime this season. Um, 
So I think we can eliminate Evan Rachel Wood and Tatiana Maslany. You know, I agree. The latter, the latter one has one already. Evan Rachel Wood, whatever. She doesn't have any buzz. No, um, she, this was a poor season for her. Uh, so I really comes down to these four, and it's weird because you would think you know the Handmaid's Tale is just sweeping. Elizabeth Moss has this you know grand Emmy episode in that in episode ten where she um, is separated from her daughter. You know, so she's going to win. I'm predicting um, Elizabeth Moss because the, the Handmaid's Tale is on fire. It's not stopping. Whatever, it's hers. However, you know. All summer, there has been, you know, Claire Foy, Carrie Russell, and Sandra Oh have all had their campaigns rise up. And everyone says, ooh, if anyone's going to beat Elizabeth Moss, it's going to be this person or that person. Claire Foy, is in her, uh, this is the last time we'll see her. Sandra Oh is the first Asian woman nominated in this category. Carrie Russell gave the best objective performance. You know, all these. And if there was one of them, not three of them, you know, as the underdog, I think one of them could overtake Elizabeth Moss. But because there's three of them, it's just not going. It's just not going to work. And it's going to be Elizabeth Moss, and I'm going to be grumpy, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be Elizabeth Moss. I think you might have summed up everything that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I want to. I want to vote for someone that I, I would like to see win here, versus my brain, which is telling me that Elizabeth Moss is going to win again. And it's exactly for the reasons that you said there, Ryan. It's yeah. not a one-two, you know, race between like her and Foy last year, for example. This year, there's other factors to consider. Like you said, Kerry Russell, the Americans. If they if they decide they're going to make this the Americans' year, yeah, and it's going to Breaking Bad its way through, then I mean, it could happen. Yeah, it could. They could make history with Sandra O. Oh. That is a very tempting option. Claire Foy is having a year in film and in television with the second season of The Crown. So that could be an option. Also, she's leaving the show, which helps. That's also the Carrie Russell factor as well. You have all these factors, and yeah, you're right. When you just weigh it all out, you think to yourself, Moss's performance is not bad. It's still great, and there are people that are going to check it off because it is objectively great. She is it though? needed... It is. It's annoyingly great. It's like it's over the top. It's like you know. It's like the, someone wrote down. Let's put all of the Beatty tropes that we can do for an actor to get an award and give it to Elizabeth Moss in episode ten. You know, screw Carrie Russell and her amazing performance. So let me ask you this. Let me whatever. ask you this question, Dad. Do you feel that maybe because they did their duty and they gave her her first Emmy win last year for the show, you think that they might wipe their hands clean and say, "Okay, we did that. We're moving on. Now it's somebody else's turn." I think they should, but they won't. I've I don't know I have a love hate relationship with Elizabeth Moss and I'm just finding this constant adulation for her especially in season two which is not good annoying like especially whenever you have these three other actresses who are all better than her and especially Carrie Russell who is the queen I'm gonna go on a limb I'm gonna say Sandra Oh takes it oh well that would be fantastic but I mean I think that show needed a little bit more love to push her over the top ah. <sighs> Well, Jodie Comer should be taking it, if we're being honest. But she's not even nominated. She's great. She yeah. is really impressive. She impressed me in the show before she before O impressed me. Um, also, just for the record, if Carrie Russell does happen to win, like Matt said in that big American sweep, or just they want to give it to Carrie Russell, and I am not tweeting my, my excitement, that means I've had a heart attack from disbelief. Okay? So... <laughs> One of you needs to call Brent and have him, you know, take me to the hospital. CPR. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, 
this all leads up now to Best Drama Series. Okay? The nominees for Best Outstanding Drama Series are The Americans, The Crown, Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. Okay, you can rule out Westworld. You can rule out This Is Us. You can rule out Stranger Things. I already said it. And I think you can rule out The Crown. And I think you can even rule out Game of Thrones. And the Americans. <laughs> and then there we have a winner. Well, but is it that simple? I, I think it is. It's that simple. Matt, it has, look at all the acting nominations, and it's like 22 overall nominations. And there's such a buzz in the air for it. I mean, I, I, even though there are, even though critics, uh, there are, there's a huge segment of critics and people like Michael and I who think that this is that the, the second season is trash that they're, they're still following it everybody like, it's a sign of the resistance against president trump you know what whatever they can have it but it should be the americans and can we all and can we all agree that if it sticks to landing game of thrones is winning everything next year yes of course it is so that's why i don't think game of thrones is winning this year the worst thing that can happen for game of thrones is if it wins drama series this year it's like the worst thing in the world i actually don't want it to happen because I want to see them win for the greatest uh, season of television ever put on television. <laughs> uh, and, and when I say great, I mean grand and epic and just raw. Anyway. So, and by the way, Handmaid's Tale, like we said, is not coming back next year. So when it's back in 2020. Wait, wait, the hand, oh, yeah, that's right. It isn't coming back next year. I, okay. right, the, mm. They'll be back in 2020. Some of the buzz will have died down. There's going to be another hot new show, and yeah. it's going to probably go the way of like Orange is the New Black. Yeah, so I this think. is the last chance maybe for them to do it, unless Who's if they're looking at a ten-year plan apparently for this show, which is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, mm. utterly ridiculous. So this is going to be the last hurrah. Yeah, you know what? Um, can I go back and change my uh, Sandra O oh to Elizabeth Moss, and I'll also pick The Handmaid's Tale to win as well. <laughs> See, and like I came on, I, I actually, um, you know, took like an hour yesterday and looked at all the categories and wrote out some notes and picked every, picked all of my predictions. And I really wanted to sit, go out on the limb and just, you know, say Carrie Russell or Sandra Oh, um, but I just can't. I know that Elizabeth Moss is going to win and that Carrie Russell might win in my head, but Elizabeth Moss wins in reality and hopefully she'll go away after this. I'll be honest though, Ryan, I'm telling you, I, there is, I'm like 50, 50 split on Americans winning writing, actor, actress, and drama series. I'm like, I really do believe it could happen. Like, it's not wishful thinking. <laughs> it would be a marvelous day if that would happen. I just think good conscience. If I say that as as a mega fan of the show, I'll sound stupid. No, I, I think that I think the smart thing to do is to have the Americans win in writing, if anything. That's probably my best guess, but we'll see. Okay, we're going to move on from drama. We're going to move over to comedy now to wrap things up. So writing for a comedy series. The nominees are Atlanta for Alligator Man, Atlanta for Barbershop, Barry for Chapter 1, Make Your Mark, Barry for Chapter 7, Loud, Fast, and Keep and keep Going, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for The Pilot, and Silicon Valley for 51%. Finally, some redemption here. She won over the weekend at the Creative Arts Emmys. But, you know, as of next week, we will be able to say that Amy Sherman Palladino is a two-time Emmy winner when she finally takes home a writing Emmy for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This woman has deserved a writing Emmy for years. Mm-hmm. Years. Years. Yeah. And she, the Gilmore Girls only got a single Emmy nomination over the course of seven seasons and a limited revival. And that 
only nomination was for makeup. Which is a shame. You know, the Golden Globes and SAG and TCA did so much better by this show, but it still wasn't enough. The show should have been like... Had that show been on like ABC, it would have been racking up all those nominations, but they had like WB bias back in the day. Yeah. Bunheads should have been nominated. Like, this woman is such a pro. So here she is with this acclaimed, I'm going to say it, masterpiece of a show, at least in my mind. No, I think most people would agree with you, Michael. Michael. We also have to keep in mind that Silicon Valley is not going to win, and Barry and Atlanta have two episodes each. Right, and people just want to reward Maisel for things. So. And people will like Maisel. The voters will totally click with this material and this show. I have no doubt in my mind. Ryan, have you seen the show yet? I'm sorry, Michael. I haven't. I've been okay. I've been studying. <laughs> we for have the LSAT, you're speaking okay? in absolutes, but you haven't seen it <laughs> because I don't need to. Like I've seen enough of it. I've seen previews. I've seen clips, and I know the Emmy voters. And I know what they like, and they're like, you know, this is like Chicago for the for Oscar voters. This is up yeah, their alley. Yes, it is. So first of all, you need to watch it because you're going to love it. But when you do watch it, the pilot episode, it's not like a regular pilot where it's slow and it builds up the characters. It just hits the ground running. Well, then we need to take a look at directing now because... It's not going to win there. <laughs> uh, well, that's what we're going to find out. Atlanta for FUBU. Atlanta for Teddy Perkins. Barry for Chapter 1, Make Your Mark. The Big Bang Theory for The Bowtie Asymmetry. Glow for The Pilot. Marvelous Maisel for The Pilot. And Silicon Valley for Initial Coin Offering. So, I don't watch Atlanta, and it's not because I have anything against the people involved with it. But if we're being totally honest, I really don't understand that show so much. It's a little too avant-garde for me and goes in some pretty artsy directions that I don't really respond to. But all I heard about this spring was, oh, Teddy Perkins, Teddy Perkins, Teddy Perkins, Donald Glover, Teddy Perkins. So Also, too, let's also keep in mind that uh, the director, Hiro uh, Murai, I hope I'm saying him correctly, he also directed one of the most talked-about music videos of the year for Donald Glover's uh, song, This Is America which got huge acclaim. So for him to have that and this episode, which was easily the most buzzed about episode of the year on uh, season two of Atlanta, it makes sense to me. Right. And I would love to see it go to Maisel, just because that was such a grand pilot. It really felt like a movie. And with the period setting and there's so much going on. You know, and pilots have a historical record of winning. Uh, you know, for writing and directing. Like, they're much more likely to win. Yeah. And, like, think about this. Like, I I kind of almost, I almost predicted Maisel for directing. I went with the the Teddy Perkins episode for Atlanta. By the way, I watched neither Atlanta, and I haven't seen Maisel yet, so I feel like I can be completely objective about this. Um, You know, I I almost went with Maisel because think about Handmaid's Tale last year. Everybody thought that, ooh, you know, there's going to be a split among writing and directing and drama, and maybe drama series will go this other direction. And, you know, and it wasn't that complicated. It was just Handmaid's Tale down the line. And I could see um, Maisel coming away with very similar wins as Handmaid did last year. Um, That being said, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I'm just going. I'm gonna go with Atlanta for Teddy Perkins just because I'm. It's a it's a CYA kind of a prediction. So um, just in case if Atlanta does end up being stronger and more, and more competitive than I'm guessing right now, but so that's that's my two cents. It's it's tricky. It is tricky. Atlanta won last year in this category. Keep in mind, uh, two years before that, uh, Transparent won uh, double years back back to back. And then before that, Modern Family won four years in a row. So there is a precedent here for repeat winners. Um, I don't know if that helps, 
but I think the fact that there's two episodes here won't matter. I have a feeling Atlanta is taking it as well. Moving on now to Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. The nominees are Louis Anderson for Baskets, Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live, Titus Burgess for The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Keenan Thompson for Saturday Night Live, and Henry Winkler for Barry. Okay, so this is actually another tough category. I'm not as conflicted as I am with supporting actress drama. But, you know, this is between a few people here. I'm not going to break it down like I did with the other one, but I think Henry Winkler will take it just because he's such a veteran who's never won. But also keep an eye out for Tony Shalhoub and Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. Keenan Thompson has been waiting years for that nomination. And I think he submitted the episode where he plays uh, Lobster Jean Valjean, if you've seen that clip on YouTube. Which it's really incredible what he does there. Yeah. So he's great. He's been there forever. I love him. But man, Tony Shalhoub and Henry Winkler are just absolutely fantastic in it's, their shows. It's between those two. Tony Shalhoub won the Tony Award uh, this year. And he's an Emmy's favorite back from the days of Monk. Yeah. But Henry Winkler is like the nicest man in Hollywood, apparently. I think the campaign has really gotten around, though, that Henry Winkler does not have an Emmy. Yeah, it's been a good campaign there. He's beloved. He's the Fonz. I mean, come on, the Fonz, right? I'm Ryan. Ryan, what do you what, what what's your take here? I am. I was think I had Henry Henry Winkler since um, the nominations were announced. Um, but yesterday I was going through and I was thinking, what the hell, Tony Shalhoub? Tony Shalhoub gives my favorite performance here. But even if I were an Emmy voter, I would probably still vote for Henry Winkler just because of who he is and I want to see him with an Emmy. Yeah, I think that says something. I'm going I'm going with Henry Winkler as well. Supporting actress in a comedy series, we have Zazie Beetz for Atlanta, Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Basil, AD Bryant for Saturday Night Live, Betty Gip- Gilpin for Glow, Leslie Jones for Saturday Night Live, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Lori Metcalf for Roseanne, and Megan Milani for Will and Grace. So I've seen a lot of people saying that they think Laurie Metcalf can take it for Roseanne as like a sympathy vote, just like she won the Tony no. this year as a surprise win. I don't buy that. No. Even though they're coming back with the Connors, maybe she could win for the Connors next year if that's a success. But, you know, people do love Laurie Metcalf, no doubt. But wait, I don't think it's going to happen this time around. Hold the phone. Is Michael actually predicting predicting more Laurie Metcalf to lose an award? You know, someone alert the church elders. Something is seriously wrong. This is, this is the same person that still picked Laurie Metcalf, even though Allison Janney was so clearly going to win the Oscar. Even though Allison Janney's name had already been called at the Oscars. That's okay. They're going to make it up to Laurie Metcalf this year at the Oscars by giving her a makeup win. So, <laughs> as for this year, we didn't talk about it, but from the Creative Arts Emmys this past weekend. In the category of a voiceover acting in an animated series, Alex Borstein won her first Emmy for playing Lois Griffin on Family Guy after nearly 20 years. I know, seriously. So, I mean, and she's great on Family Guy. I still watch that show, and she's, you know, really great as Lois. So, having that, the love for her, and Mrs. Maisel with a great character, I think she takes it. Kind of like in the same way how Handmaid's Tale last year won in a lot of key categories across the board. Um, that's how I kind of feel about Maisel this year, with a few slight exceptions here and there, uh, provided what the other narratives are. 
but this is one where I, I too can see Alex Borstein pulling it off. Um, I agree. It's Alex Borstein. Um, and however, I think, uh, Megan Mullally gives the, um, objectively best performance, um, here. And it's, it's a shame that Will and Grace, um, did so poorly with nominations and um, if they were going by the old episode um, system where you know, voters were forced to watch, you know, a, a list of episodes uh, and then rank the winners, I think Megan Mullally would probably win. Wait, wait, wait. So she gives the objectively best performance of the four that you've seen? Yes. That's half. Okay. Just so we're- yeah, I, I, the only one I haven't seen is, yeah, uh, is Borenstein. But I've seen enough of her um, in the show to, yeah, whatever. But, okay, I guess I, guess I can't say that. Megan Mullally's great. She should win. Megan Mullally has. I know. <laughs> and it's a season that very few people seem to care about, given these nominations. That was more of an audience show. And I like Will and Grace. I do. I watch it every week. But they didn't respond to it. They just gave her the vote because she had a good episode. Uh, it's not enough for a win. Well, if you guys had, if you guys have seen the Will and Grace um, finale from this year, her scene with Alec Baldwin, um, their, her, uh, their sex scene where they don't touch each other is hysterical and the episode she submitted here of rosario's quinceanera is really great lead actor in a comedy series anthony anderson for blackish ted danson for the good place larry david for curb your enthusiasm donald glover for atlanta bill Hader for barry william h macy for shameless so it should be bill Hader because he's really really incredible in barry yeah but donald glover is the hot thing in town and he'll take it again. He is submitting the Teddy Perkins episode. I mean, this is one of those instances where it's like, I agree with Bill Hader. Like, like if I was rewarding him for the whole season, I would. But Donald Glover, in my opinion, has the episode. Yeah. And I think that's what's important here. I'm going to be different and go with Bill Hader. It is going to be kind of sad to watch Bill Hader lose in every category he's nominated in. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, Donald Glover, repeat win. There we go. Shout out to my favorite Jew, Larry David, by the way. <laughs> and outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Everyone have a good night. Um, the nominees, <laughs> just because out of respect, Pamela Adlon for Better Things. Uh, the winner, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Allison Janney for Mom. Issa Rae for Insecure. Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. And Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie. I mean, guys, come on. It, it, like, if it wasn't obvious that Elizabeth Moss was going to win last year for The Handmaid's Tale, it's pretty clear that in his first season, they're going to give it to Rachel Brosnahan, who's yeah. also won, might I add, every single other award leading up to this. Just incredible. Best performance of the year. It's going to be her. Can't be anybody else. It has to be her. You know, I was so I was so excited whenever um, Veep decided to take a year off um, just for the, for the simple fact that um, – Alice and Janney could win lead actress because there would be an, there would be a vacancy. And then this little show called the marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out and totally smashed my dreams. So, um, Alice and Janney is amazing and she'll win a lead actress comedy, um, Emmy someday. And she'll just complete her little journey through all the Emmy categories. That's fine. But yeah, it's Rachel Brosnahan. She's got an Oscar. I think she's all right. Rachel Brosnahan, by the way, who, as I'm watching this show about a, like, Upper Manhattan, New York Jewish family. I'm watching her, and then I found out she's Irish. I'm like, what? How'd that happen? Like, I, I totally believed her as this 1950s Jewish woman, and that's a testament to her performance. Like, she got all the mannerisms down, 
And it, it, she's funny. She's smart. She reads through this dialogue like a pro. I love Rachel Brosnahan. Final category, Outstanding Comedy Series. Nominees are Atlanta, Barry, Blackish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Silicon Valley, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I will go first, and I will say that it's going to go to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've been surprised that people are calling this a tight race between Atlanta and Mrs. Maisel. Because I think at the end of the day, Atlanta, for as respected as it is, and it will pick up a few wins, as we've already seen at the Creative Arts Emmys, I think it has its fans. But when it comes to comedy series, you have to find like a big consensus favorite. And that show is just going to put a few people off just because of how artsy it is. Whereas Mrs. Maisel, Ryan's at a best. That's like Chicago, where it's right up these voters, right up the alleys of these voters. And it's going to appeal to everyone, the actors the tech and craft people. And just be writers. clear, we're like, we're, we're giving Atlanta its due with like, like you said, like directing, you know, to honor like those crafts, right. you know of what I mean? Of course. But I think when it comes to comedy series, Maisel's going to take it. It has an uphill battle since it's an hour long series. It did win casting and it did win editing. Yeah. I think it's going to win here too, as it should. And I'm going to be over the moon because I think this is one of the great, or has the potential since we're only in season one, has the potential to be one of the great series of all time in my book. This is the Michael Schwartz show. If The Good Wife was the Ryan Shower show, this is the defining Michael Schwartz show. Absolutely. Just like just like how Game of Thrones is my and show. Game of Thrones, I was just going to get to you, Matt. Yeah, we all have our identities. I guess mine this year would be Americans, but I, just, you know, going off the pool this year. But yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, so that's not so bad. I mean, we're predicting a lot of wins kind of all over the place here and there. Um if I if I have my math correct here, uh, you guys are predicting a complete shutout for Game of Thrones on the evening. Well, one tech awards already, right? Yeah, one seven. Okay, so it's not going to go home totally empty-handed, but no, no, of course not. And that's how the first couple of seasons played out until five and six. And like we already established, this could be the year where it's like, all right, we're taking a little bit of a breather. And if you land the ending, you know, to your show and it's well received, you know, here you go. <laughs> Just a little fun fact about Maisel here, really quickly. Barbara Streisand was so impressed with what they were doing here that she allowed her music to be used in a few episodes. She doesn't do that for anyone. Yeah. So the fact that she lent her music to this show, she did uh, Come to the Supermarket in Old Peking and Happy Days Are Here Again. I will admit, I was a little taken aback by the fact that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel didn't win more Creative Arts Emmy Awards. That's That, that could be a sign. Let's just bring that up. I, I, I mean, but it did win the major ones, though. It won casting and it won editing. Right. I'm not calling it a lock because I do think Atlanta is still in the running. But at the end of the night, I think it's going to be this. Yeah, because Atlanta, let me just uh, backtrack here for a second. Uh, and I know we're, we're still kind of on this, but like, see, yeah, for season two of Atlanta last night, uh, it won for guest actor, cinematography, and sound editing. I mean, it's kind of lining up with what we said before, where if you give Atlanta, say Donald Glover again, but also directing, like it kind of keeps in theme with what Atlanta should most be rewarded for. Where Maisel, you know, Mike, Maisel's won the PGA. It's won the Golden Globe. Like, it just, to me on paper, it just feels right. Uh, anything else that anybody else wants to add before we go now that we've wrapped up all predictions for all the categories? Um, I feel kind of, I want to like respond to our view, our listeners. Um, I feel kind of silly that I 
really overhyped Homeland on our prediction, our nominations predictions episode. You did. I did, and it bit me in the butt. And I, you know what? Never again. Homeland's done. And you know, Tom O'Neill from Gold Derby has this theory about the Emmys that once you're out, you're out. And I don't believe that because, you know, The Good Wife did make a big comeback, you know, uh, later in its career. So, and I'm just kind of skewed, I guess, with my um, impression and whatever. Hey, at least you have a Mandy Patinkin nomination to look forward to. Yeah, and it's not even a fanboy thing. I actually thought it was going to kind of swing back into the conversation. I wasn't, it wasn't, I was trying, I was actually trying to be objective. Like, I wasn't, yeah, but I just feel silly that I didn't go with the the Tom O'Neill golden rule about the Emmys. And the golden rule I've always learned about the Emmys is that the unthinkable can always happen. And it produces more WTF wins than even the Oscars do, where I feel like the Oscars can be very predictable at times. Maybe you get one award somewhere where it's like, oh, 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 okay, didn't see that coming. But with the Emmys, I feel like it happens every year in multiple categories. (laughs) Before we sign off, can we just go through um, each of us and say, like, you know, um, if we got to pick one winner that's not the front runner for a category in any of the categories, who would it be? And um, okay. Michael, you can start. Oh God, I need a second. So you can't pick Maisel for like you know any of the one that any of the ones that it's one or two. I really need to look. Well, I already know mine, and he should have got a nomination for season three of Game of Thrones. And I'm happy that he finally got here. And I know that he's like ranked dead last, and it's never going to happen. But Nikolai Costawaldu has done progressively better and better work on this show as it has gone on. And I'm a huge Game of Thrones fanboy, and I can't hold it back. And I love Peter Dinklage. I love Peter Dinklage so much. But he's actually had less to do on the show as it's gone on, and his best years are definitely behind him. So I, if they're going to give it to one of the Game of Thrones actors, maybe I, – like I still think it's going to be David Harbour, but if it was to go to one of those – I would prefer for Winston Nikolai Costa-Waldo over Peter Dinklage. Okay. Oh, and oh, and oh, and definitely, and definitely, at some point, get, like final season, can we please give it to Lena Headey, please? Now you know. God. On that note, Matt, I will. I I really wanted Christine Baranski to win um, of the year that Lena Headey had the episode with the Walk of Shame, but I I really thought Lena Headey was going to win for that, and that was like a, a gross turning point. Like that was the year they stopped doing the episode system. And the, yeah. the merit system, and had the episode system been in place, I think Christine Baranski and Lena Headey would have duked it out, but Lena Headey would have won, and she should have won. That was an amazing episode. <laughs> okay, Michael. Uh, All right. Uh, so man. I know I just got done saying that if I were a voter and had a ballot, I would vote for Henry Winkler over Tony Shalhoub just because I want Henry Winkler to have an Emmy. That's still the case, but if we're picking just like a dream winner, Tony Shalhoub for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who was just but he's but he's but he's number two though. Like, what would be like a like a bottom pick? I think what Ryan was uh, like something that's not going to happen. Period in your mind. Well, I really don't think he is going to happen because I have even Kenan Thompson above him. Oh, Kenan Thompson's my number two Mm. for that category. So, if we're talking further down the list, he is my call there. See, like for me, it'd be Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think he's so funny in that show. I, I'm sorry, but he just annoys me. I liked him in season one, but he, that character, and it's like one note. Okay. <laughs> um, I, and I, I think it goes without saying, everybody can guess what mine is, Carrie Russell. But she's not like, I, I still think she's in the hunt, man. I don't. I really do. You know, you know, Matt. You say that, and then that that little that's going to get into my head, and then I'm going to be anticipating a big upset, and I'm well, not going to say let anything. Me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. Okay, 
I'm going to be devastated. Last year, last year, would you agree that last year at the Oscars, it was the most competitive, like uh, without the awards themselves and back and back and forth wins at uh, award shows leading up to the Oscars, just on paper, those five performances from those ladies and lead actress, would you say that was like the most competitive best actress race on paper you would have ever seen in recent years? Um, probably that or 2013. I mean, even though Kate Blanchett was point, out. My point, my point is this. My point is, is that we, I recall that before Frances McDormand started sweeping everything, we all went back and forth on a weekly basis of, could it go to Margot Robbie? Could it go yeah. to Sally Hawkins? We we literally debated this over and over until McDormand started the sweep. This year, that category, we don't have a luxury of a bunch of awards leading up to the Emmys where we see one candidate sweep. And that makes this so much harder and as a result, I think you just got to go with your gut, man. And that's it. Oh, well, and if we are going by precursors, then I guess Carrie Russell is the front runner since she won the TCA. There you go. But she's not going to win. I'm not going to get my hopes up and be de- and be <laughs> devastated. You know what? The, Elizabeth Elizabeth Jennings is um is she as a character means a lot to me. So I and Carrie Russell's work over the six years does, and I, this show does, and I really hope that the Emmys find a way to reward it where it makes everybody happy. I think I'm gonna do a group. I think I'm gonna do a group FaceTime between the three of us when they get to that category, and <laughs> I-, I might just screen capture it and upload it to our Twitter feed later, just in case, because <laughs> the reaction be might be so legendary. But then I'm gonna be called. I'm gonna be called names because I don't like Elizabeth Moss. Because Aww. yeah. So. Alrighty. Okay. Well, with that said, Michael, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mike Movie. Ryan. At Ryan C. Showers on Twitter. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our Emmy Predictions, part of Next Best Series here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, also on Acast and Castbox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.